Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. It's season two. We are back. Back again, we are back, tell your friends. Yes, we are. Season two is upon us. It's come, it's here. Reasons to Dump You is back. I mean, that must have been a horrible week for you guys. I can only imagine. Absolutely nightmarish. I know, I know. I've missed myself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, I've missed you too. Not only have I lost any street cred, um... Did you get that me? I had. Did you get I'm, me from I've this? now also been branded as the most egotistical woman oh, in the right. world of podcasting. Mean just, now. just now. You probably branded that before, <laughs> to be fair. You know. But to say you missed yourself, cool. Self-love. Look, season two, I'm excited. I'm really excited because it felt weird to not watch a film and then talk rubbish about it for a while. So let's just crack on. Let's do it. This is what the people are here for. I'm ready to do it, but don't be looking at my notes, because if you look at my notes, you might find out something Sorry, you before really, I'm ready to tell you. You're assuming I can read. You've been learning well. Ah, right. Let's do it, Sinead. Then I believe we start with the three clues. We do. I so, have chosen the first film of season two. This is a big responsibility. It I'm is a big responsibility. And... Um, it's a lovely, a lovely flashback to the 80s. Oh, good, 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 good. Would you like three clues to know what it is we're going to be watching? Yes, please. So, number one, this film has Laurie Metcalf, a.k.a. Jackie from Roseanne, a.k.a. Andy's mum. Nice. Who? Andy from Toy Story. Oh, I thought you meant our mate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Andy. <laughs> I would love it if Andy's mum was Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, no, I've met Andy's mum. It's not. It's, she's not. Second clue. Yeah. One of the actresses in this film auditioned and was asked to get some acting lessons. Wow. But still got the part. But still got the part. So it's kind of a backhanded insult, isn't it? Really? Well, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to give you the tagline. Oh, good. It's a life so outrageous it takes two women to live it. Yeah, it does. Oh. Why do you always have to spoil it? <laughs> Season two, man. I was excited. You said the 80s. I was flying. It takes two women to live it. Yep. Killed the whole thing. Do you have any guesses as to what clue. this is? I don't know. I was busy watching Rambo. Okay. Well, this is far removed from Rambo. Okay. We're going to watch... Go on. Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh my god. Yes, we are. Was it Madonna told to get acting lessons? It was Madonna that was asked to get acting lessons. She didn't bother. <laughs> You're going to love it. We're just going to go and we're going to have probably an hour and 40 minutes worth of fun. And we both know we like fun. <laughs> Sorry, you sound like Niles Crane. <laughs> fun. Okay. Cool. Never have I received a better compliment. Look, hey, it's all good. You know, desperately seeking Susan, Madonna running around a city with weird clothes on. <laughs> that, that's you. Do, you know nothing about this film, do you? I I think I might have seen it at some point, but fell asleep. Okay. I mean, what can I, I don't say to remember that? Roseanne being in it. Roseanne's not in it. Laurie Metcalf's in it. I don't remember that. <laughs> you know, but that's fine. That's all good. 
I don't know. Oh, look, I'm cool. This is cool. I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to watch this. Let's go watch. I'll come back to this bloody podcast, all sweetness and light, and like, oh my God, and things like that, and you'll just be like, shit, man, he loved that. Brilliant. That sounds great. It's a good start <laughs> then, isn't it? Cool. All right, let's go and watch it then. Desperately Seeking Susan. Desperately Seeking Susan. And uh, we will be back with you in approximately 7.3 seconds. See you soon. Bye. We're back. We are back. Are we totally into the groove now? Oh, we in we are we are grooving. We're moving, we're grooving. Yeah. We're Susan up. Yes, we are. What did you think? Yeah. Of Desperately Seeking Susan from 1985. Parts of it I liked. Yeah. On the whole. Not so much. I could think of better ways to spend an hour and a half. Did you not find it just a great sort of farcical adventure romp? No. Just fun? <sighs> you cannot tell me you didn't love Laurie Metcalf. Oh, I love Laurie Metcalf. Okay. okay. 100% love Laurie I was going to say, Metcalf. because we are shutting this down straight away. All right if now. You're not on no, board no, no. with that. Love Laurie Metcalf. There was a lot of it I liked, but my problem was with the story. Okay, well, look, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Okay, cool. Let's you know, not. Let's we not. Don't wanna, um, well, why don't we. We don't want to fall out this early in the game, do we? No. Why don't we enlighten the people as to the synopsis of this for those so, who haven't seen it? I would encourage you to go and see it. It's still on iPlayer at the moment for another couple of weeks, I believe. So you don't even have to pay for it. Well, you do. <laughs> well, we all do. Yeah. Technically. You can thank us. <laughs> so, Rotten Tomatoes synopsis for Desperately Seeking Susan. New Jersey housewife Roberta Glass, Rosanna Arquette, spices up her boring life by reading personal ads especially a series of them being placed by a mysterious denizen of New York City named Susan, Madonna. When one of Susan's ads proposes a rendezvous with her suitor at Battery Park, Roberta secretly tags along. But when her voyeuristic jape ends in permanent memory loss and a new jacket, Roberta begins to gather a lot of unwanted attention from some unsavoury characters. Oh my God, even that's boring. What? Oh my God. I feel like Ray Barone right now. It's how how a, a waterfall so beautiful, it's like it never happened. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, no, oh, the whole film. Uh, it was, no. Okay, the story, not the film. Okay, well, if you want to talk about the story, what was your problem? From my point of view, the reason that I... What was your problem? The, <laughs> the reason that I thoroughly enjoyed this film, watching it again... Yeah. Putting aside any sort of nostalgia or, you know, having seen this when I was a kid, I just thought it was a it was a great adventure. It was a kind of a wish fulfillment. It was a swapping of identities. It kind of delivered everything that, that you like. You want life to be exciting. This was this was an exciting story that this woman went on. The characters were great. The setting was brilliant. New York in the 80s. I mean, that's one of the things I want to talk to you about. Why did we all want to be in New York in the 80s? There was lots of reasons not to be there. We all still wanted to be there. I mean, I can see you're passionate about it. And I agree. 80s New York cool is one of my points. Okay, well, we can talk about that. But for about 45 minutes of the film, mm -hmm. I was bored. I was bored. Okay, can you be a bit more specific? Okay. From, at the beginning or in the middle? No, 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 at the, no, at the beginning. 
she appears to be a prostitute. No idea if Madonna is or not, but she appears to be. Okay, well, first of all, let's separate. This was a character. This wasn't Madonna. Okay, but Madonna's character yeah, so appears she's to Susan. be. It's quite, quite. Yeah, name, so the title, she it's has basically. She's done a Sean Connery and she's sexed someone <laughs> to an unconscious state. <laughs> she's done a James Bond. Yeah. And and then she's stolen all their shit. So another James Bond moment. She goes through all his stuff. And I like the analogy between Susan and James Bond. Yeah, nice. There you yeah. go. She leaves. Um, there's this weird personal ad. Fine. I'm, I can go with that. That's yeah. cool. She goes to meet her boyfriend yeah. who's put a personal ad out to meet her for 13 seconds at the at the bay. He leaves. She bangs her head. I, I mean, it just... I, oh, my God. And then, oh, oh, it's a memory loss story. Oh, who am I? Where am I? I don't know anything. Oh, maybe I'm Susan, maybe I'm not. Will I cheat with you when I think I'm Susan? No. As soon as I remember I'm a wife, then, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's get it on. So, I have a lot to unpack. Well, okay. There but is, in the middle, a- for 40 minutes... Nothing happened. Okay, so there is a lot to unpack there. So what I'm getting from this is that the whole sort of farcical premise of the film, yeah. which it is ultimately, oh, you know, it's very God, yeah. elaborate, um, you're not really on board with. So that we had a problem from the start then because that's what this is. It's just memory loss after banging your head has been done a million times and in kids' books mostly. And... And then also this earrings thing with the worst bad guy I've ever seen. Like a really placid albino guy. And everyone's shit scared of him. And yet he's like, oh, I just want my earrings back. <laughs> so I'm really sorry. It's just rubbish. Oh, gosh. We just have... We're just never... We're not... This is just... And Susan... Susan, the actual Susan, Madonna's character... Yeah. Gets arrested for not paying a cab fare. Yeah. And falls out of the story for two months, except for she goes to see her friend, apparently has yet another change of clothes, even though she's been let out of prison, is effectively homeless and has nothing except for what's in she, the case that Roberta now she has. She would have left some stuff at her mates, I'm sure. She's got stuff all over the place, this character. But yeah, and she just robs off everyone and she's unpleasant and it's just weird. But she's it's not, weird. she's charming. She's just got a slightly wonky moral compass. She's not charming, she's just hot. That's it. She's hot and charming. No, no, there's nothing charming about her. Well, look, let me give you um, some facts about this film to Please try and go. help you understand I'd like to what understand. you're lacking to understand here. Okay, I feel like me. this is my problem, so let's work on my problem together. So the director of this film, Susan Seidelman, yeah. um, got the script from Leora Barish. Barish was the writer. Okay. And immediately saw the comparisons and the influence of a French new wave film called Celine and Julie Go Boating. I was thinking of that, yeah. Yeah. Well, clearly you didn't like Celine and Julie either because that looks even more uh, obscure and random and out there. But basically, um, I've got a quote, a very rough quote here from Susan Seidelman, right? The core of both films, at the core of both films lies a liberating premise Follow the white rabbit down the hole to discover creative and adventurous potential that exists within. Did you not get that? Jesus Did you Christ. not get that? Fuck you know. Do you know what? I apologise in advance. This is probably the most misogynistic thing I've ever said. Why do women have to make such complicated scenarios out of everything? 
What? Going down a rabbit hole to explore creative oh opportunity? Oh my what? god, no what? soul. What? What did you say? Why women have to what? Overcomplicate everything? I mean, that's going down as a reason. Um, so the comparisons between Celine and Julie go boating yeah. and this film are quite substantial. So they basically, they both involve an identity switch, a personal transformation, magic, female friendship... The concept of kind of the tumble down into Wonderland, the bored protagonist and the free-spirited, slightly morally questionable character. Where was Wonderland in this film? Well, no, no literal representation of Wonderland, no, but, but the idea of magic and... and A magic club does not mean the idea of magic. Where was like... Well, Wonderla- this... Wonderland is Alice tumbling down into this other world and confusion and all these strange things are happening. Well, that sounds like book learning. <laughs> I wouldn't know <laughs> well, that. Earlier you said you couldn't even read. So, you know, maybe <laughs> you need things to... explaining. Um, but, and that's what happens to Roberta in this film. She goes from suburban board housewife. Yeah. She falls down the metaphorical hole when she bangs her head. Yeah. And all these wacky, weird things start happening to her and she meets all these characters. Right. Or your filmmaker and writer hate men. It's his fault that she's bored. So she goes and has an affair and tells him to get lost. And then she has a great life. So we're just going to turn this whole podcast into Brian's misogynist take on film. No. (laughs) That's what I'm getting from here. No. You see, this is how it happens. She... (laughs) Cheated. Oh, get over. He was having an affair. How do you know? Because Laurie Metcalf said so. Yeah, and because he said, I didn't know you knew about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but, 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 I'm not defending him, but all of a sudden she went, I'm not coming back with Gary. And then he goes, I'm going to wait outside for five minutes. Goodbye, Gary. Apparently that's enough wrapping up. Oh, yeah. Well, who cares? Move on. That's not what we're watching this story for. Poor we're watching Gary. this story for her to end up with Aidan Quinn. That's who we all want to end up with, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah, here we go. Here's the truth of the matter. I mean, that is the truth of the matter, but that's an entirely different conversation. Well, good luck, because projectionists now don't have film anywhere. It's all digital, so pa. He'd be sitting at his computer, the nerd. Nerd. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't be half as hot. Um, This was the fifth highest grossing film of the year. Well, yeah, but that would have been because of Madonna, right, at the time? She actually, so she'd only um, had, I think... Two albums come out by this point. Okay. So she st- she had she wasn't completely exploded. Okay. But when they you know when they made this film certainly yeah, 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 when they released, um, and I don't know if you noticed at the beginning you know it's kind of her screen time is actually nowhere near on a par with Arquette's. No, and and like she is the supporting actress in this film, even though it's called you know Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah, I I I would like to make a point. Am I allowed to? You can go on, go on. We'll be friends. Rosanna Arquette yes. in this film yes. was one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen by a human being of someone with memory loss and drunk. My God. And this whole, di- I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, why didn't anyone pull her up and say, come on, you're better than that? I mean, well, Madonna looked great compared to her. Laurie Metcalf smashed it out of the park. Oh, 100%. Smashed it out of the park. Aidan Quinn is a great actor. And then she's sitting opposite going, I don't know. <laughs> I don't agree with you at all. Awful. And I'll tell you something else. Awful. BAFTA didn't agree with you either. Oh, well, there's a change. Well, there you go. She won a BAFTA for, for what? Uh, Best Supporting Actress for this film. So I thought you said it wasn't a supporting role. Thank you. Yeah, well, there's there's debate over that because technically that was the lead the lead role, but she got um, 
BAFTA Best Supporting Actress. For that role? And then she was Golden Globe nominated, which she lost to Kathleen Turner. For that role? Yes, for that. For that. Yes, yes, Brian, for that, yes. Awful. She looked like she was acting all the time. Oh, my God. Hates Rosanna Arquette. Yes, you can That's write that down, down twice, reason. actually. Performance. I'll yeah. put performance because I don't believe you hate her as a person. Oh, no, not as a person. I've never met her. <laughs> I mean, we've chatted at parties and things, but I've not actually met well, her. Well, not anymore. Not now you've slagged off her performance. She won't want to know you. Oh, she will. Trust me. <laughs> She's like that. I, I, I'm I, honestly genuinely shocked. You just seem to really dislike the story, which kind of does shock I me. I just... No, I didn't dislike it. It was just weak. It was really poorly done. It was weak. I These Nefertiti earrings yeah. that looked like someone had made them. I mean, they did not look like Nefertiti earrings. They looked like two pieces of balsa wood that had been painted gold for a start. Who cares about these bloody things? I mean, it's just to add another level to it because it didn't have one. So... Let's put an albino and a couple of uh, earrings in, and then that will cover all eventualities. I didn't understand it at all. I just, you don't just I didn't get you don't, the story. You, you don't enjoy just going on a bit of a romp, do you? Excuse me? I took you on Bloodsport. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so let's not even go into plot if you're going to bring up Bloodsport. <laughs> I took you on a journey of discovery, mm. a true story, mm-hmm. and you want to take me on this rubbish about hey anyway yes anyway let's go back to how cool the 80s were yes and 80s new york i wanted to talk to you about the city nice because at the beginning we see roberta in her suburban life yes and she's clearly unhappy yeah and she goes out onto the balcony and she sees the city glistening in the distance yeah yeah and i just thought what a perfect sort of way of showing how we all felt about New York City specifically oh, totally, at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of this sprawling metropolis, this urban landscape yeah. um, that is terrifying, um, dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, full of crime, uh, busy, overrun, but at the same time, full of adventure, full of glamour, full of diversity. Um full of everything that we're kind of looking for. Yeah. And I just thought that this film, just because it it was made in the 80s, it just had all of that and a bag of potato chips. It just made you want to be there, no? A hundred percent. So 80s New York, yes. A hundred percent. You wanted to be there. I mean, so I wrote down the things about New York being cool. First of all, sushi. This was from the 80s. I know. They were were eating sushi. I'm sorry. Young lad from a town in England. I didn't see sushi till I came to London in like... 2000 or whatever it was. I don't remember. But sushi in the 80s? No, oh, my God, how cool. Sophisticated. I know, I know. Tape decks. Mm. Her little red tape decks she was carrying around. I thought, God, I remember them. What a fun, fucking cool thing they were. I mean, that's that's just the era, though, isn't it? No, I know, so I know. Obviously. But then police cells full of hookers. Yeah, I know. I know. So like, good old 80s stuff. Every time they showed a police cell yeah, in America, especially a female one, it was just all prostitutes because yeah. they couldn't imagine a woman doing any other crime. <laughs> so just prostitutes, yeah, all women are prostitutes. the only thing they get arrested either, for. Yeah, good women and, and prostitutes, prostitutes yeah. and that's it. And the prostitute always had a sassy attitude like that. What yeah. are you going to do with the doves? Very funny. Oh, yeah, when Roberta gets arrested, yeah, she's got like doves that. and the prostitute asks her what she's going to do with um, them. Yeah, things like loft apartments. So, yes. That brings me on to, yes, his apartment. I know, right? 
absolutely love but it. They were a big thing in the 80s, weren't exactly. they? Like, according to us in England and what we saw, everybody had a loft apartment. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, if you had an apartment of that size in Manhattan, you would be paying probably hundreds of thousands of dollars well, a month. Well, yeah, if I mean, not, there'd be about eight families living in it, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, it, it was insane. But yeah, it was that classic 80s, yeah, we all wanted to live in, yeah. yeah. But the one thing that this film made me, did make me say, and wrote down really early, was how depressing current homogenization is. Oh, that's a very deep point. I know. Go on. But like then, things like like Madonna's walking along, yeah. eating cheese doodles out of a massive bag, right? Well, and, because there was something about this that made me feel slightly sick. What hot young woman now mm. would be seen dead eating cheese doodles out of a big bag? No, but, they'd be having their Starbucks and maybe a ginger shot or something like that. You know, You know how like now... Nobody's dead. It's not cool to do something like that. It's not cool to be different. Like she. Counterculture type stuff. Yeah, it seems to have all disappeared. Now, I'm sure someone can prove me wrong, but like New York was like the epicenter of that. I know mm. London had its own thing mm. and everything, but like in the 80s, it was. Yeah. That was what it was all about. Yeah, all yeah, these yeah. different gangs and groups and even the club they went to and the colours and everything. Mm. And there was like clearly a counterculture scene that was like, mm. you know. Yes, the city makes money, but it has this undercurrent. Mm. And I just feel like all that's been flushed out. I think you feel like that's been flushed out because it's not obvious to us because we are no longer those young people. So I think that's probably still happening. We're just not seeing it because what we're seeing is the mass produced um, stuff that goes out. Then we need to start a new movement. Yeah, Join me, sisters. We Come on. To, we need to just go and find the movement that's currently happening. It's just we're not we're not aware of it. No, no, no. I'm too old for that movement. <laughs> Come on, sisters. But but Madonna walking down the street eating the cheese puffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had gloves on. So? Oh, my God. Those gloves would be so stained by those orange cheese puffs. It made me feel... Oh. It made me feel... I see. ...a little bit sick. I just thought, just take the gloves off if you're going to eat them. But and I do want to talk about Madonna as well, if we can. Yes, I've got her down as a. Because while we're talking about the eighties, we yeah. need to talk about. We Madonna. We need to talk about Madonna. Presence persona. That's what I've written down. Yeah, I mean, first things first. I actually think she did a bang up job. I think she did a great job, but I think, um, I don't think she's as appalling an actress as everybody makes her out to be. But I also think this played to her strengths. Oh, yeah. No, there were moments. Anytime it got any deeper than just like, oh, my God. Yeah. So then, mm. so really, you know, her role in this was actually quite small. Yeah. Um, her scenes were quite short. Yeah. And a lot of what she needed to do was very attitude, sort of posing, posturing. Totally, yeah. You know, yeah. there wasn't... It, it was quite video, music video-esque. Yeah, totally, yeah. So I think it played to kind of her thing. But having said that... I, I agree with you. I thought she smashed it. I think as a, as a character, you immediately knew who she was. It, yes, it was a version of herself. I don't yeah. know if you noticed yeah. at one point, about halfway through the film, she had on like an orange crop top. Yeah. And it had the initials MC in black on the crop top, which are her initials. Oh, I thought it was a uh, tilt to MC Hammer. <laughs> Can't touch this. Exactly. Um, no, but they were her initials. Oh, okay. That's Madonna. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they played one of her songs in the nightclub. Yes, so they played into the groove. Yes. So originally, um, there was a demo of a song 
des- desperately seeking Susan song. Oh, right. Um, but then they decided to use Into the Groove instead. I don't blame them. Um, and then obviously we all know now what that became. But yeah, for me, it was kind of... Um, I don't want to make this comparison because it's a bit over the top and I'll get ripped to shreds for it. But Madonna has that persona and... You don't say it. You're going to say it. Go on. I am not comparing her directly to this person. But what I'm saying is when somebody has a presence that comes across, Marilyn Monroe. I knew you were going to say that. Now, I'm not saying I think Marilyn is a far better actress than Madonna. Oh, God, yeah. And on a a completely completely different level and plane. Yeah. But what I am saying is... And Madonna's a much better singer. Yeah. In this film, you know, Madonna... Gives across like her her sexuality, her stage presence, everything kind of comes emanates through the screen to you in a way that Marilyn does in pretty much everything she's in. Wow, I mean that's a huge comparison. It, it's but, a huge comparison. But, but 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 I mean I'll take it slightly more shallow than that. Go for it. But um, so I wrote this basically with Madonna. No one does skanky hot better than Madonna. Lovely, true. Now, at the time, I remember the two things I remember about her, and and this was really sort of came up in this is one, she was incredibly sexy, right? Every bloke on the planet, I'm sure there was one or two that didn't, and you know I enjoy the the yeah, letters yeah, when yeah. I read them, but um, every bloke on the planet fancied Madonna, and looking at that film, you can see why. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. Then I realised. She's incredibly feminine, but mm-hmm. actually quite masculine. Okay. In what sort of, like well, an androgynous type way or? No, 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 strong. no. Strong. <gasps> no, no. Relax. Okay. Just in a masculine way. Her clothes are quite masculine. You know, she's wearing like see-through tank tops. Yeah. She's wearing, when she comes out of the pool, she's just got a bra on and a pair of boxers. Yeah. Now, that's an incredibly masculine thing yeah, to do. Yeah, when yeah. she went out, she just had the shirt on. Mm. It's an incredibly masculine mm. thing to do. Mm. She stood drying her armpits. Mm-hmm. Like, really kind of her... She was quite dominant. She smoked. Like, mm. all of these things she mm. did mm. are actually very dominant, uh, very masculine. Yeah. You know, like, sexually, she's quite dominant. Yeah. Masculine. Yeah. Um, even the clothes she wore, you know, the boots and stuff like that. It's all quite a masculine look, mm. but done in a very feminine, sexy way, which mm. I think was mm. one of her things. But I also remember as a kid, the one thing she did that you never saw anyone do until her really, and I'm, again, if someone can correct me, by all means, please do. I'd love to see it. But she showed her armpits a lot. And you never saw that. Like when she danced, she used her to arms dance, were Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree, I think, yeah, when she yeah, danced her The dry in her armpits is iconic. I mean, you know, people always show that clip. Yeah. And I think it was one of the things. Like women didn't show their armpits. There was very little that women didn't show. Mm. But there were still these weird taboos mm. of like, you know, being strong and dominant and like showing it's quite an open, she always has quite an open pose, at, not in a pervy way, but her legs are always quite open. Yeah, her yeah, arms yeah. are always yeah. up and she's... Yeah. It's very open and like confident. Yeah. Whereas normally women are told to keep their arms down and, and head down and kind of be quite demure and shy. Yeah, I agree with you. I think confident is a is a good word there. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, come on, this I mean, this is why she exploded, isn't it? Because yeah, she totally. was giving this confident, you know, um strong I've I've lost the other word that was in my head, um demeanour that we hadn't 
you, we'd had in different ways, but she she was packaging it in a way that I think nobody had really no. Well, done she before. was packaging it in a sexy way, mm. and you know. If I'd come home to my swimming pool and she was laying there in her bra and a pair of my pants eating cheese doodles, I wouldn't complain. You'd be a happy boy. Well, caveat, no offence. I mean, then. Oh, okay. You don't want to... No offence to the 70-year-old Madonna, very attractive woman, (laughs) but but I'm just saying... she's a little bit too old for you now. Yeah, then. (laughs) I'm talking about then. And then she was too old for me, so... Oh, it's sad, isn't it, really? You've never quite hit the right moment to to get with Madonna. Um, But yeah, I thought her... I just thought it was interesting that you don't always have to be the best actress or actor if your presence and your performance hits the right note. It's kind of like a zeitgeist thing. Yeah, and it was... It it can work. It was good direction as well because they purposefully kept her away from a lot of lines. Yeah, exactly. Purposefully. Exactly. Like you say, it was just the sassy stuff. Yeah. And... She knew her, she knew worked. what she was doing. So so to give you a fact, let's get back to some facts here because I'm all about the facts. About let's the do facts. It. Um, alternative casting. So originally, um, the script had Susan more like a hippie traveller rather than this kind of oh right okay character that we end up with. So um, they were thinking of Goldie Hawn and Diane Keaton for Susan. Oh my god! Yeah, that but, would have been a very different. But film. that character wouldn't have worked in New York. That's not a hippie character. Like New York had an edge to it. You would have had to have changed the location. I agree with you. Maybe San Francisco. Don't get me wrong. New York feels very corporate. We we went and it felt very corporate. Yeah, but but there's a... But I'm saying like New York has an edge to it. And diverse. Yeah, yeah. it's the same as London. It has an edge to it. You know, areas, people are not fluffy. You're so... so, I didn't think about that, but you're so right. I think if they'd gone with that and she'd been like a hippie traveller, you would have had to have gone San Francisco or somewhere like that. Oh, totally, yeah. San Fran, yeah, would have been good. Yeah. uh, Another alternative casting. So Des, who was played by Aidan Quinn, uh, Bruce Willis. Wow. Can you imagine Bruce Willis? No, I can't. Bruce Willis is the projectionist. That would would have been a bit weird, I think. Can you imagine Um, Bruce Willis on that moped? Oh, no. With a, I wanted that basket though, dragon. Oh, so Des drives a little moped with the from the noodle bar. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Nice, I'll get you it. Um, also, talking about people that were actually in the film. Yeah. Um, did you not think that the bad guy who was who you clearly thought was a pointless piece of the plot? Yeah. Uh, that was running to get these earrings back. I thought now, if this film was remade, that could be Jim Carrey. Yeah, no. I got Jim Carrey vibes from that guy. Genuinely, I looked at it a couple of times and thought, is that a really young Jim Carrey? <laughs> it looked a bit like him, didn't it? And then I just thought, it can't be. But I just thought, well, yeah, Jim Carrey could do that role. Um, did you recognise, so at the Magic Club that yep. uh, Madonna has a friend at and we, Roberto ends up working at. Jesus. Uh, you did recognise him. So Ray, him. who ran the music, yeah. the Magic Club, was Jesus yeah. and Barton Fink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure. I had a little sneaky peek across at you. No, totally recognised But you weren't reacting. And right at the beginning, um, there was a guy... Sorry, I was scratching then. Right at the beginning, there was a guy who, when she first... Madonna first gets the paper, I think it is, and he looks at her and he's a bit funky looking, and he was in another film, and I can't remember what the bloody hell it was now, so this was a totally pointless... Oh, I know the scene you're talking about. I'll check it out afterwards and and put it in my little Instagram notes. I can't remember. But he... he, um, Because that's another cool thing in... I don't know if they still have this in New York or America, but where you get your paper from the little sidewalk um, machine thing. I love that. Anyway, you're talking about the guy that opens the papers from the sidewalk machine and she takes out a pile and throws them on the floor. Yeah. You're talking about him. I'll check out who he is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But let's get to 
probably my favourite performance of the entire film. Oh, God. We've talked about Aiden. her already. Oh. Well, let's go back to Laurie Metcalf. Oh, definitely. Laurie because Metcalf. Because we have to talk long. about some of these lines she was given. Oh, she's fucking amazing. Oh, my God. This woman. So, first of all, she plays um, Roberta's sister-in-law. She does. Looks amazing. She's got massive 80s hair. Yeah. Excellent 80s makeup. Yeah. Lots of eyeshadow going on. Yeah. She's got outfits to kill for. She's got like a this kind of creamy pantsuit, which is almost like a sort of safari suit at one point. She's got this kind of like flowing bluish dress right at the beginning. Amazing. Yeah, no, she was superb, yeah. Um, but the attitude that she comes in with, so she's just like completely straight talking, kind of, um, but at the same time, oh, she's just, she's looking for drama. Yeah, totally, yeah. She's looking for drama. She's looking for a little bit of excitement and she kind of will stoke it at any given opportunity. Um, yeah, and when she, when she says, um, when Roberta goes missing... Yeah. Um, and her brother's obviously panicked and trying to find out where she is. The sort of things that she comes out with, she's like, oh, take a Valium like a normal person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you'll say, and she says, didn't you know she was uh, a prostitute? She's not a prostitute. Well, um, you didn't know she was a lesbian, so maybe she, she's just decided that... Yeah, yeah, it was the other way around. Oh, it was the other way yeah. around, yeah. She said, most prostitutes are lesbians. He goes, my wife is not a lesbian. She goes, well, you didn't even know who's a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. Just all these brilliant things that she comes out with. I just absolutely loved yeah, it. I could have watched awesome. her for the whole entire film. No, she was... And, and I have to say, she set the bar for the performances. She was fantastic. She yeah. was unbelievable. I, I think she should have been given some sort of award. She, yeah, she's a supporting actress. Mm. She should have got an award. Yeah, let's um, let's get the old bikes out. Let's go down to the BFI and uh, or BAFTA and start. <laughs> start partitioning. Partitioning? Petitioning? Petitioning, petitioning. now, yeah. 40 let's years later. Placards or whatever you call them, and we'll march outside. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Why not? Give her a belated... It'd get us noticed. <laughs> Damn it, this could be a massive podcast. If you can hear us, people, everybody out there, draw up your signs now and we'll meet you outside Bufter. Bufter? I don't know why I called it that. <laughs> Bufter. Bufter. We'll do an advert in the local paper. Desperately seeking supporters. Yes. Oh, my God. To recognise Laurie metro. Metcalf's talents. Yeah. Meet outside BAFTA Piccadilly, 4pm Tuesday. Be there. I loved her. I think I'm Boom. just going to sort of style myself on her for the rest of the eternity. And I, but, you know, again, I think there was a lot. One of the major things I loved about the film was all the reminiscing for me. Oh, yeah, but you're big on that at the I'm moment, aren't you? I'm huge on that at the minute. But no, that, no, that was cool. But then there were certain things that I thought as well that were part of the script that made me a little bit sad like i've never ever ever in my life been thrown out of an establishment the way that guy was you know in the 80s like everybody always got bundled out of an establishment and thrown onto the floor oh yeah and they land on the floor and they literally land on their ass on the floor get out of here and they throw them out and they land on the floor that's never happened to me i mean i'll throw you out the door right now if that's what you're looking for well let's do it because i've been thrown out of places don't get me wrong Lad with my charm, <laughs> it happens. But never on your ass. But never actually physically thrown out onto my ass. We can arse. do that later, that's not a problem. I don't know, I just love that. And then there's always cops in every diner, you know. It's like, I'm sure there aren't, but... But that's the other appeal of 80s New York, isn't it? The diner. Yeah, oh, totally. I um, mean, I love a diner in America anyway. Yeah, exactly, Diners there's something phenomenal. cool about it. Um, but yeah, the diner that Roberta and uh, Des go into and get kicked out of... Yeah. Yeah, it was particularly it was particularly nice, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and the fact that he landed on his ass on the street with no real need to. I mean, the guy bundled him out. Did did he did he really need to fall over? But it it looked cool. 
He had to fall over. It's part of being thrown <laughs> out in part, the 80s. You don't hit the sidewalk. You haven't been thrown you haven't out. Been thrown out. And yeah, and when he banged his head, I thought, "Oh, don't tell me he's going to lose his memory now." And then she banged her head later and got her memory back. I mean, come on. Look, you're really starting to wiggle my stick here. <laughs> what's, I am what's not. wrong with this banging your head? So what if someone bangs their heads? It's a plot device. Who cares? Who cares how they get from A to B as long as they get there? Well, that's a ridiculous thing to say. I don't think so. Okay, I'm going to go to Crystal Palace. I'm going to fly. I mean, if you've got the power, mate, go for it. Stop writing. Why can't what I are you writing? I'm writing reasons to get rid of you because you're annoying me. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, sorry. Did you want to talk about Aidan Quinn? I can do that all day long if no, that's no, what no, you no. want. I mean, Aidan Quinn was great. I thought he was really good. I can see why she'd fall for him. I didn't appreciate the fact that she waited until she remembered she was married that she decided to do something about it. Oh, for goodness sake. So they share a kiss earlier on when she thinks that she's Susan because of the yep. amnesia. But she doesn't feel good about that and she pushes him away because what he about Jim? He pulls away. He no, pulls away. No. Yeah, they that both... Dirty, randy little sod They both. Away. They both kind of pull away. May I also point out they appear to be on the roof of his now very cool apartment, ergo making the apartment even cooler. And he had warned her earlier. He did not want her jerking him off. <laughs> Don't jerk me around. Oh, sorry, that was it. Joking That's around. a different type of jerking. Um, yeah, and then, <laughs> then yes, she remembers who she is, but she's miserably unhappy. She knows at that point she's not going to go back to her husband anyway. Otherwise, she could have done it by then. Oh, well, that's all right then. No, no, don't don't finish the relationship and then go and have your affair. Just do it. Oh, for goodness Just sake. For I would love to see your reaction if the story had been the other way around. If it was desperately seeking Stephen. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I need to make desperately seeking <laughs> Stephen. Right, people. Desperately shaking Stevens. Um I Imagine I, Desperately I, Shaking Stevens. No, no, I want to answer your point oh. here. I would have I would think exactly the same if it had been desperately seeking Stephen. Wrong. No, I wouldn't Wrong. at all. Wrong. If a man had done that I don't brand any I don't brand all men that have affairs. I as don't bastards. think you do, but I no, I don't think you do. My point is though, you you're just not saying it because it's like, well, she was already sick of him, so who cares? Oh, yeah, fling around, yeah, man. No. no No, I didn't say it like that. No. No, you are wrong. For once, just say she shouldn't have an affair. She shouldn't do it. She should wait. Oh my god, this getting hung up on this whole affair thing. I mean it's really not important. Can't you make you, I can't understand how a man like you, Ooh. that likes the films you like, can't allow yourself into this world and the boundaries of this world and just be like, okay, so yeah, he was already I, having an affair. I, he was already having an affair. He was the hot tub king. She could do worse. Look. <sighs> Breathe. Did you notice his number plate? Yeah, hot. T- tub and spa or something. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> tub and spa. You know. Because, of course, you know, it's worth spending money on a personalised number plate. Especially on a nice uh, just don't convertible get it. like that. I don't that. get it. You never will. I never will. No, no, I no, literally no, no. never will I get know. one. So you never will. Maybe that's why I choose So positives then. All right. Let me focus on the positives. Yeah. yeah. What did you so, love? I love the colours. I thought the art 
direction was really cool. I thought the colours were really Brilliant. good. It was a lot of like pinks and pale blues and very kind of Miami feeling, but mm-hmm. at the same time, 80s New York kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I thought the set design was excellent. I love the loft. I love the Magic Club. I would go to the Magic Club three nights a week if that was here. I adored it. To sit there and watch shit magic. Yeah, exactly. It looked a like a good night out, didn't it? would be just the best. It would be so... But if that was on the old Kent Road, yeah. it would be packed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every night. Loved it. Um, I thought the costumes were amazing. I thought Laurie Metcalf was fantastic. I thought Aidan Quinn was brilliant. Um, I even liked the little moments of comedy that they had. Yeah. I thought they were really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... You know, I just thought it could have been better story but i loved all those parts i really really enjoyed all those i appreciate that yeah perhaps it just wasn't your type of story no it just i think it just felt a little i think they could have done it better with how she became mistaken for susan i just didn't understand it susan you know well, she, she's got her jacket on and she goes no, I get to the that appointment bit. I understand that bit. She's blonde. <laughs> like, she's I'll literally explain it to you. <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. I think I would have preferred it if she was trying to convince the world she wasn't Susan. If she remembered, she she knew she wasn't Susan. She was trying to tell everyone she wasn't and she still fell in love with this guy. I think I would have preferred that mm. than I did. She got arrested. She banged her head. And then Susan seemed to get bailed out, by whom I don't know, assume her friend, within about 20 minutes of being locked up. Yeah, probably her friend that she was staying with. But never went to find a friend or put another ad in the paper going desperately seeking stranger. I never thought you had so much logic within you and so much questioning. I thought, you know, it was just going with the flow. I'm built on making shit happen, man. Well, now we know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But that's all very positive stuff. So maybe I should ask you what your VHS... uh, Oh, wow. Well, well okay. I might catch you on a bit of a high because you okay. seem to be sort of giving me good reasons okay. here. Okay. Oh, and before I do, though, mm. whatever happened to Orion? Orion Pictures. Orion Pictures. Now, I'm sure they still exist, but guys, you were massive in the 80s. Mm. As soon as I saw the Orion star start We both swirling, shouted it, didn't we? Because we got a bit excited. Yeah, I was in. I knew I was getting a cracker of a film. And even if I didn't get a cracker of a film, didn't matter because it was Orion, so I still loved it. Okay, well, that gives me another question then. So I need to go away and find out what happened to Orion, what they're yep. doing now, and uh, who was the guy at the paper stand. Yes, you do. Mm. So video cassettes. Yes. Number of. So out of five, how many VHS tapes are you giving Desperately Seeking Susan? So, given the fact that there was a lot I enjoyed about this film, music, yes colours i quite like the way it opened i like the fact she got the bus i mean a greyhound bus everyone wanted to travel on a greyhound bus when we were a kid yeah. turn out they're skanky hell holes <laughs> but we all wanted to know worse than a mega bus i wouldn't have thought oh um but i think given all those facts regardless of the story and given the fact that laurie metcalf is amazing i'm gonna give it three video tapes video cassettes Oh, I was expecting lower. I'm no, no, very no. pleased with no, that. No, no, no. I didn't hate it. I'm not saying it was just the story. I think it could have been done more intelligently. It wasn't bad. I didn't hate it. It wasn't. But I just got a bit bored because it it sagged in the middle for me. It sagged massively. I could have even looked the banged head, but it sagged like mad in the middle. Fair enough. And yeah, it just all felt a little coincidental rather than driven by something. So okay. Anyway. 
That's me. I mean, three video cassettes. I mean, I'll take that, and I'll accept that you you felt that it sagged in the middle. Thank you. And that it all felt a bit too coincidental. Thank you. I think in the world that was created for us, I think the idea of coincidence is just kind of part of it, and it's kind of tumbling through life and down the rabbit hole. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was plotted quite well. I thought everything sort of led on to something else quite smoothly. Whether or not it seemed a bit ludicrous and a bit unrealistic is up to the individual to decide whether that bothers them or not. And it didn't bother me because I just felt it was a farce and I wanted to follow it to the end of time. Cool. So given the fact that I love that, I love the look of it, I love the performances, I'm going... Go on. Be brave. Four VHS tapes. I thought you were going to go 4.5 for a minute. No, no, I'm going to go four. You're going four? Yeah, I was was hovering between 3.5 and four. Wow. But today, and to stand up for a great romp of a film, I'm going four VHS tapes. Well, do you know what? Fair play. Yeah, fair play. Good on you. Good on you, because, you know... That's what it's all about, right? It's the same with me in Bloodsport. If it makes you oh, smile, no, but if it makes you smile, if it makes you happy, you give it a score accordingly. So well done. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad that you feel that uh, I've done the right thing. I'm glad you <laughs> think that I'm glad that you think that you're glad that I'm glad that we're glad that we've done the right thing. Um, there was also, um, just, a, just to mention this, because I might choose Go something... I might choose a, a, something related to this. So when Madonna goes to the paper offices to place an advert trying to find Roberta. Yeah, desperately seeking stranger. Desperately seeking stranger. Uh, did you notice the triplets that were standing outside? I did. Okay. Let's just say they might make uh, another appearance in Reasons to Dump You later this season. Are you actually going to bring them here to beat me up or something? Well, we'll see what happens with actually, that. Actually, yeah, do that because they'll be in like their 70s now. I'll take him. But, you know, that might happen. They might reappear on this podcast yet. That's all I'm saying. A little Ooh. a little teaser for you there. Nice. So, reasons to dump you. Yeah, well, it's a shame you don't have any. I mean, I do. Okay. I mean, if Lewis Carroll was here, he'd dump you. <laughs> but there you go. Let's go with it. My reasons to dump you. My reason for living. Number one, cool. you're a story hater. You're a story hater. You you won't accept the story that's being presented to you. Give yourself over to it freely and just enjoy the ride. Um, story hater. Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, I like plenty of stories, sister. Half of these bloody podcasts are my stories. <laughs> Secondly, a story hater. <laughs> this was the tale of a stalker who stole someone's life, then had an affair with her boyfriend's best friend so she could actually effectively take her life. She shared her reward and left her husband. What's nice about that story? You tell me. right in, folks. I love that story. I think we should change the Wikipedia synopsis yeah. of Desperately Seeking yeah. Susan to that. Following on from the fact that you're a story hater, yeah. uh, you have no soul. Because I tried to explain this film to you, and the answer was, why do women overcomplicate everything? No, because you gave me the whole beautiful waterfall kin scenario. No, I just tried to explain to you what the director had said. Yeah, which was nonsense. Oh my God. You can't claim what someone else says is nonsense, Brian. Oh, what just the mixture of French New it. Wave and Lewis Carroll. I mean, please. Come on. Number three, yeah. you didn't enjoy uh, Rosanna Arquette's performance. 
No, I didn't. I and I and I never will in that film. I think if she saw it back, if we were sat here now sharing a bag of cheese doodles, <laughs> she'd turn to me and she'd go, "Do you know what? You're right. That's not my greatest time." I don't think she would say that. Girl got a BAFTA for that. And number four, Baftas. you're obsessed. We've all had a BAFTA. <laughs> you're obsessed with this affair situation because I it's thought... not about that. It's not about that. What are you talking about? The film is not about that. The ending is. focusing on one tiny little bit where she lets herself go and finally enjoys herself. Uh And you've got to turn it into a great big affair story. If I come back here and find you with a local projectionist, there'll be trouble, young lady. Well, it depends. Does he look like Aidan Quinn circa 85? And can he get me a free ticket to the cinema? (laughs) Mm, Good point. If I get all the popcorn I want. A free Odeon pass for the year. I'll uh, come back later. It's fine. I'm busy anyway most nights now because I've got my free Odeon pass. Boom. <laughs> they are my four reasons to dump you. Well, I think, to be honest, it's a little over the top. I think one of them is reasonable. I think they're all reasonable. I think they're but, all actually completely accurate. Wow. I think you'll find that I love a story. Yeah, as long as I it's love, on your terms. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I think that's fair. I mean, we're all entitled to like different things. Maybe that's how we should leave this. Yeah, I think so. You've got your things, I've got my things. I can't wait to see what you bring to the table next week. <laughs> oh, it's going to be brills. Is it going to have an icon of the 80s in it? You know me, is a high chance, but no, I don't think it will. This is going to be a great time. Do you know what? I can already feel that this series will result truly in one of us having to leave this flat. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I know. That's the aim of the game, and until it happens, I will yeah. not rest. That's the only reason I leave the car within, <laughs> uh, like, looking distance from this window. Well, I can't drive it, so that's literally No, but at least I'll be then. able to check your safe while you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, that was episode one, season two of Reasons to Dump You, and um, I hope you liked it. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've been Sinead. He's oh. been Brian. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) If you did enjoy it, please do rate us five stars, subscribe, tell your friends, check us out on Instagram at reasons underscore pod, uh, fly a flag, have a march, bake a cake, give some money to charity. That is a great idea. In fact, yeah, do that. Do that. Go and give some money to charity and say it's on behalf of reasons to (laughs) dump you. Because I can't think of better press than that. I really can't. (laughs) And failing that, just walk up to someone you know and I've said it before, and say it when face-to-face. Hey, Guy, I know a really great podcast, you'd love it. I mean, some people abbreviate it to RTDY, but, you know, it's just reasons to dump you. Do it. I think you look cool. I do, yeah. Maybe not. All right, maybe not. But anyway, thank you very much. That was episode one, season two, and we'll see you next time for episode two of season two. Two of two, yay! Yay! See you later. Thank you, bye. bye!